Welcome back, everyone. It's been too long. Oh, my goodness. We are going on almost... Richard, do you know how long it's been since we've recorded and uploaded something? I would guess, like, two months or so? Maybe longer? Yeah. I think it might even be more like three months at the by, like, this point. Yeah. It's been a long time. But we're back. We haven't given up. We finally got our schedules to meld. And we're going to talk about some stuff today that we watched. We also might spend some time catching up. I don't know. We haven't really caught up that much. Talked to each other a couple of times. but Yeah. No Austin today. He's actually still not responding to our texts. So I don't mm. know. I don't know what's going on there. He, maybe he's listening. Maybe he feels bad. Maybe he doesn't. If you know Austin, send him a text. Tell him, like, hey, do the podcast. Yeah. We like his input. Yeah. I didn't bring him on because we didn't like his input. I was like, oh, this sucks, but maybe someone will like it. <laughs> but, yeah, so today we've got some interesting content for you. Stuff we haven't covered in the last however many months it's been. Uh, we narrowed it down to four things, and we're going to save some other stuff we've been watching, I guess, for our episode, which I'm going on vacation, so it won't come out for another couple of weeks, but it will come. <laughs> I promise this time. I'm. It's coming. Yeah. I got my, uh, I got my recording den all set up. Yeah. It kind of looks cool. You guys, you guys can't see it. Richard, you can see it, like this blue in the background behind me. Yeah. I got like this nice warm light coming on me. It almost seems like a little... Uh... Like a tent from, like, olden days. Yeah, I mean, it's... It's... Okay, so here's here's what it is. Because I think I told you I would show you. I tried just using command strips. Um, and I would, like, hang stuff, sheets from the command strips, and, like, kind of rope them on with... Uh, Cable ties. I don't even know what to call them. I can't think of what it is. I have them right here. Remind me. Yeah, cable ties. These things. You can Yeah. You can hear the And so that worked okay for some things and less okay for others because like some of the things are just sheets and they just like slip right off. Some of the stuff is heavy and the command strips would fall off. So command strips weren't just work just weren't working. And cable ties weren't working, so I had to come up with something different. So I bought super glue wire, like oh. not wire, it's like a rope. And so I put the command strips back up, put rope, rope all the way around, okay. and then I took safety pins and pinned. The sheets to the rope. Your level of dedication to making that I know, work yeah, I know. is insane. It's not. It's not all. Oh, jeez. The command strips still weren't holding. They were falling off. <laughs> so I had to use gorilla tape to keep the, the command strips on the wall. But even then, this gorilla tape wouldn't keep up this corner. Like you. Like, that's the entrance and exit, right? You saw me come out of there. Actually, I I didn't. Because my... uh, I left out of there to go turn off the dehumidifier. Okay. 
But uh, this in front of me is just a big old blanket. Mm. Like a comforter? And the command strips, there's four command strips holding that up. And they keep coming off the wall, even with gorilla tape. So what did you and, do? Nail gun? And so I... No, I was, I was <laughs> like, man, am I going to have to like drill holes in this wall to get this stuff to stick? And just like put a nail there and like use a nail. But I bought super glue. It's kind of a super glue. It's more like a half super glue epoxy kind of a thing. Okay. Um, and use that to bind the strips to the wall. And then I taped those for double reinforce, like double reinforcement. So they're binded to the wall with this like epoxy stuff. Then I taped that as like a double layer of precaution. And so let's hope that holds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It it was quite the uh, endeavor. It wasn't even didn't even take that long. I could have done it in a day if I had the time and resolve, but I didn't have the time, and the resolve faded with each failure. So, but it's done. I put the finishing touches on it right before we started this call because I just put the epoxy on yesterday, and it said to wait twenty four hours for it to cure. Put it on yesterday morning. So it should be good. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. So my studio um, <laughs> is my is spare room? bedroom. Ah, uh-huh, spare bedroom. Uh, with a desk in it. That works. <clears throat> I don't even have a desk. I have a fold-out chair. Or not a fold-out chair. A fold-out table <laughs> with the lamp and the mics hanging on it precariously kind of. And the floor is slanted, and I'm in a rolling chair that the wheels don't lock on. So, like, if I'm not careful, like, I'll end up, like, sliding up against the wall. (laughs) So I might have to find a new chair. But it's sad because this chair, like, I can lean back, and I can swivel, and it's comfortable. I just bumped the mic. You might have heard that. But, yeah, so maybe it's not done yet, but. Recording studio, quote-unquote, is done. I call it studio, but it's literally sheets yeah. <laughs> along the walls of a brick room, which I wanted to do because the echo would have been atrocious. And it still might be atrocious. I might have some things i got to fix. But it, at least it should be better. Walmart has, like, or at least the one in Rolla, they have like fitness pads. And so if theoretically if you went to like your Walmart, you might be able to get like those like foam like fitness pads and then just like glue those or something. You know the uh those sound absorbing pads that you see on like streamers and YouTubers, those aren't expensive. Really? Yeah. I looked it up, you can buy like forty eight for like thirty dollars. Really? Yeah. I thought that's why but, I, mean, most I don't, don't think that's the exact number. It's like super. I, I thought they were super expensive. But you, I, those might be like the professional ones that are in seventeen different colors, and you buy the multi packs, and that's true. And and they use them more for decoration anyway. It seems like, like people usually don't just like align their walls with them, 
I would have had to line the walls with them. I would have had to buy like three of these, you know, forty packs because they're one by one. Um, so like one pack, their one pack would cover twelve a twelve by twelve wall or whatever. No, so it's forty eight. Would be an eight, eight by six wall. Sure. So one order would buy would cover an eight by six wall. So you'd have to buy multiple packs of these. Mm. So those are just the cheap ones on Amazon. I'm sure there's more expensive ones that are bigger and probably better at their job. But even then, like it would have been hard to convince Hannah to like, hey, let me buy these. It'll only be a hundred bucks. <laughs> and then we'll probably leave them here when we move. <laughs> I, I guess yeah. Yeah. Probably not the best sales pitch. How about this $100 investment into something that currently makes no money that we might yeah. have to leave when we move? <laughs> so it might be an investment that we never get back ever. I already have that. I have a struggle trying to um, do that with like a new mic because I need a new mic because this one's not great. But Hannah's mom asked her, I guess, what I wanted for Christmas. (laughs) And I I couldn't think of it before, but now I'm like, hmm. Because I was like, oh, I don't know socks or something you know something dumb but then hannah because she's like awesome threw in the fact that i've been wanting a ps5 (laughs) dang son and so i'm not going to get a ps5 but i was like maybe we can compromise on like a hundred hundred and twenty dollar microphone from my in-laws maybe or maybe my parents, because like, they they usually just hand me cash, and like I like cash, I put it in my bank account and I spend it on what I want. But it's like, or yeah, yeah, you can go with like a Sure mic or something. Dude, those are too expensive, bro. You could probably get one that's like. You could ask both sets of parents to go in together. Yeah, and Hannah's not getting me Christmas presents because my Christmas present was the smoker, so... Nice. That's a good Christmas present, though. Yeah. So I can't really have all three, and I need all three, kind of... It's like the Infinity Stones. Like, one's great, but it's like, I need the whole set, you know? The whole set of what? The mic, the... (laughs) The the, The money. I mean, my parents are parents and Hannah, and I can't get get all three. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about, like, a smoker, a mic, and a, uh... <laughs> and I was like, I don't know how a PS5. any of... Yeah, and a PS5, and I was like, I don't know how any of these are related, but okay. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh... It's a struggle. But I'll I'll deal with it. Why don't we actually get into, we're almost 12 minutes in, why don't we actually get into some stuff about the podcast? Uh, I posted an episode not too long ago about the Independence Day. Uh, I made a mistake when I was editing. I didn't realize I had started editing before, 
and I moved up the sound. It's because I thought they were still like the full audio clips. I didn't realize I'd cut it. Moved up the sound and cut out like a bunch of stuff and everything was off. And I had 11 downloads on it because it was only up for like a day. But it was like unlistenable. So I had to take it down and I don't want to go back and try and fix it. So I'm not going to go back and try and fix it. So it is what it is. So sorry about that, everyone. That episode's not going to get published. Yet. Maybe someday. Uh, but yeah, like I said, I'm going to clear my throat. <clears> throat> <clears throat> Thank you. Thank you for being patient. Like I said, next week's my vacation. But then um, we'll be recording an episode. I've watched a few movies that I am going to be able to talk about. Um, I have two. Good, good. couple just some stuff on Netflix for me, but... Yeah, that's mostly my situation as well. Maybe we've watched the same movie. Who there's knows? a good there's a good possibility that we did. I watched here, I'll say this and I'll decide later if I want to cut it out or not. I watched Awakenings. Did you watch no you see that? I did not watch that. Okay. I'm also finishing Major Pain. That's a great movie. I didn't watch it Dude. on Netflix, but I've seen it before. It's it's that kind of dumbness that's like I can't avert my eyes. Yeah. And then I'm I watched I finished Team America World Police. I haven't seen that. I almost watched it with with someone, but I didn't watch it. Yeah, it's it's exactly what you expect from Trey Parker and Matt Stone. Yeah. Mixing absurdist comedy marionettes and commentary on the Iraq war in 911. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But Terry not. Today we're going to be talking about uh what if? I think we, did I mention this? I can't remember if I mentioned this before or during the podcast or both. We're going to talk about what if um Oh boy, do we have some takes about that? Uh we got Black Widow. Yeah. We got Ted Lasso, season mm-hmm. two, final final thoughts. And then we've got Squid Game, which is like a major a major thing now. I tons of people have watched it. I think Netflix said it was on pace to be their most viewed item. Yeah. Which is weird because they said that um, Queen's Gambit already made that list. Really? Last thing I knew yeah. was that Bridgerton was their most viewed. Yeah. I I don't know. All I know is I knew they were saying Queen's Gambit was their most viewed thing. And I remember I remember talking about it on the podcast about how amazed I was. Because it was, like, just a good show. It's not like it was crazy or anything. But, like, it wasn't a viral hit, like, Stranger Things or anything. Yeah. But, like, everyone was like, you've got to watch this. You know, it was... It was just a, it was just good. Yeah. But no one was really like, oh, my gosh, you got to watch this. And it's the same with, like, Squid Game, probably. Of, like, yeah, this is good. 
but I'm not going around telling anyone they got to watch it. I'd be lying if I said I wasn't going around telling almost everybody that they need to watch it. Wow. <laughs> we'll get it's to pretty that. pretty good. We'll get to that. I like it. So let's start with What If. Okay. hear a dog somewhere dang neighbors so richard Hmm. what if came out and i talked to you right after that first episode came out i still remember my immediate take of what if because i had seen it and you hadn't and i was just like bro let me just tell you about this. Okay, I, I'll just get right to the point. I thought, because I think I still have only watched the first episode. I really? thought it was absolute garbage. Unwatchable garbage. And I, I watched the first episode. I remember calling you. I was like, okay, picture this. Overpowered Peggy finds a freaking anime sword on the wall of the Hydra base, defeats this octopus alien that the Hydra is trying to summon, and also Steve Rogers becomes the first Iron Man. And you were like, bro, what? I was like, yeah, I'm not lying. That's what it is. And... Then I, I watched, like, the first five minutes of, maybe I did watch episode two. I'd have to look it up. But uh, I watched, like, the first five minutes of the one where all the Avengers start dying. Right. And, I don't know, I just didn't have the resolve to make it through. Here, let me search... What if? Yeah, I'm gonna pull that up too so that I can. Yeah. Kind of. Oh, I did. I did watch episode two. I did watch episode two. What if T'Challa became a Star Lord? That was also terrible, unwatchable garbage. Yeah, I will admit, like I a fan of that one. I thought. Yeah, sorry, I was. Yeah, I, I thought that the beginning of episode three was less garbage, but I don't know. I, I di- it didn't keep me enough to finish watching it. And so I watched the first two episodes, and then I stopped after the third episode. You, f- you finished it, though. I did, yes. Right? What are your takes on it? Okay. So, unfortunately, you kind of stopped right around the time that it actually got, like, halfway decent. Sad. So, uh, episode three, what if the world lost its mightiest heroes? You find out Hank Pym um, blames Nick Fury for the death of his daughter, I believe. I'm almost positive it was his daughter. Um, I think, cause I'm pretty sure it was hope. So he goes on this murder spree of all of the Avengers. 
He basically hacks the data, sees who he is wanting to recruit, and proceeds to kill them all. Uh, except for Black Widow. I think Black Widow survives. Um, anyway, so the first three episodes I was not a huge fan of. What if Doctor Strange lost his heart instead of his hands was actually a pretty intriguing one. Um, basically, the concept is that him and the nurse lady that he likes, they are in the car together when he's on his way to his party. And when he has his car accident, he, instead of his hands breaking, she dies in the car crash. And so he then pursues the mystic arts, not to try to get like his function back, but to try to find a way to prevent her death from happening. So he keeps going back in in time to try to undo what happened that night. Um, that giant squid monster thing from the first episode, I think actually comes back into play in the Doctor Strange episode. Because basically, um. he starts, he starts like consuming like mythical creatures as a way of like, it, the show made it seem a, it, it made more sense. It was like real. It was like dark arts kind of stuff, and so he's consuming like different like mythical creatures or something basically to enhance his own potential for magical ability. Is sort so of so. What like, they're saying is, Captain Carter fought the Kraken. Basically, no. She needed a, um. White Knight to come in and save her because she couldn't have beaten it on his own. That's Something what I'm like getting that. from that. So anyway, he does that and he finds out that he's in this loop where pretty much no matter how powerful he's become, he's not really able to save his loved one. Because as soon as he does, he... Uh, basically the, the world, the universe that they know comes to an end. It... They explain it a lot better in the episode. Um, so what if zombies I was not a huge fan of. I thought what if zombies was kind of dumb. And the way that they even brought the zombies back in really made very little sense. And it was kind of arbitrary. Uh, that whole episode was kind of pointless. Uh, what if Killmonger rescued Tony Stark? Basically, Killmonger... Uh, Ends up in where? Where was Tony Stark in the first Iron Man? When he like, when he goes and he gets like put in the cave, like he's captured and taken hostage or whatever. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember, but it was Middle East somewhere. Right. So basically, Killmonger's there in this episode, and Killmonger saves Tony Stark. Um. Somehow, Tony Stark. I don't know. I don't remember if. No, he does still become Iron Man somehow. Um, but basically, Killmonger is getting all of this recognition. Uh, he becomes like Tony's best friend, his like trusted advisor. Turns out Killmonger's still not a good person. Uh, and oh, so he's still... Gasp. Yeah, he, he still seeks to overthrow T'Challa and take back rule of uh, Wakanda. 
which he does. Spoiler alert. There's a lot of spoilers <laughs> in this episode of the podcast. I don't care. I'm, I'm probably not going to watch it. Yeah. So what if Thor were an only child? Basically, uh, instead of Odin capturing Loki and kind of technically kidnapping him, uh, he leaves him with the ice with with the frost giants, allows them to continue to live, and Thor becomes this pampered only child who likes to party, and so it's sort of like it's almost like uh, end game Thor meets the original Thor from the first movie. It's like the drinking habits, the partying. The lavish lifestyle, but doesn't have a beer gut. So basically, he's like the spoiled child. Is sort of the the take on that. He ends up fighting Captain Marvel, which is like one of the only somewhat cool things that happens. So what if Ultron won? Uh, basically, what happens there is Ultron wins. Uh, but they play that off as if everything else were still going to happen. So Thanos comes to Earth and Ultron uses the... uh, Which stone does... Is it the Mind Stone? No, it's not the Mind Stone. It's the... uh, Which one does Vision have? Mind Stone. It is the Mind Stone. Okay, so basically Ultron has the Mind Stone because... He prevents, uh, he prevents the Avengers from keeping Ultron away from like the the Vision body, basically. And so, Vision's technically Ultron. So Thor, or uh, not Thor, um, Thanos shows up, and Ultron splits him in half with the Mind Stone, takes all of the other uh, Infinity Stones, and becomes basically Thanos, but with Ultron's programming. So he still has the same mission that basically the human race is the worst disease and stuff on, you know, planet earth. But then he starts to become aware that there are other realities like alternate realities and stuff. So he finds a way to basically use the infinity stones to, go between different universes is basically what happens. The Watcher realizes what's happening. And so in the last episode, what if the Watcher broke his oath? The Watcher decides to be more hands-on in the different realities. So the Watcher then gathers all of the characters that you've seen from the different realities so far and basically makes a new Avengers team using them. And they fight Ultron. That was the wow. entire climax of the show. I'm guessing they win. They do. The zombies thing was pointless because there wasn't like a specific like hero that really like survives super well in the zombies thing. They bring the zombies back in because they're like so in the zombies episode, Scarlet Witch is a is a zombie. Mm-hmm. And so they're like Doctor Strange from the alternate reality where he's like depressed and this dark arts master thing 
he like brings all of the zombies from that reality in to try to like slow Ultron down. And he's like, it's not the zombies. It's her that we need to slow him down. And it's like, it's like zombie Scarlet Witch and zombie Scarlet Witch gets dealt with by Ultron and like, Probably three seconds. And I was like, okay, that was super anticlimactic. As a whole, I didn't thoroughly enjoy the the show. When they when they tied it all back together, I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. Like they brought all of these different alternate realities together. But from what I've heard, they're planning on doing like another season. And I just don't really know what the point of another season will be. Like, I don't know what they're going to do. So, I don't know. I'm not, like, overly thrilled. But yeah. it was okay. Now, turning our attention to the next Marvel product we are going to discuss, Black Widow. I saw it in theaters, I think. Opening window? Widow? Uh, weekend? I don't know. <laughs> opening Widow. Opening weekend with my dad. Because he wanted to go. He's also seen Shang-Chi. I have not. But it comes out on Disney Plus in like a week and a half. Two weeks. It's good. I think you'll like it. You've seen it? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw it opening weekend. Yeah, they were, when I asked for their review, they were a bit like quiet on it. I don't know what that was about, but yeah. It looked interesting. But you know how I feel about, like, um, martial arts movies. And is it a martial arts movie? I wouldn't call it a martial arts movie. There's there's some martial arts stuff that happens, but it's not, like, a cringy way. Like, it's it's pretty solid. Because I know exactly what you're talking about. You're talking, you're talking, like, the Ip Man kind of stuff. And, like, the Jackie Chan kind of movies, but, like, the non-funny ones where it's more serious. Like, it's not like that at all. The fight scenes, there's not a whole lot. And they're actually pretty solid and pretty well choreographed. And they're not, like, cheesy and cringy. Or at least in my opinion. But, yeah. So, Black Widow... It was a, it was okay. I think it had some real problems and I don't think it really had like great things going for it. It was just like an average movie. I would even say like a below average spy movie. I I don't know. It <clears throat> To me there just wasn't as much action as I would have liked. Hmm. I, for me, the problem wasn't the action. I hated the lack of a antagonist. That's fair. Because you, like, it, it almost seems like it's a getting the gang back together movie for a while. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, they're like, oh, we got to hit this guy where it hurts. Like, they're talking about him and, like, how much they hate him. I don't know. It, and just the whole family reuniting thing. Like, I I would have felt better about all of that 
and it would have made it like less of a spy movie if I like knew or cared about these characters ahead of time. But it's like I meet David Harbour and Rachel Weiss in the beginning scene of the movie, and then they're gone until the last like third of the movie, and they're back. And it's like the family's getting back together. And it's like just what them talking is a, is like about how much they hate their family or something is supposed to help me feel better about like how like the resolution at the end where the family is like, yeah, we're a real family. No, it's like it stays a spy movie. And mm-hmm. Yeah, I... I think one of the the problems that I had with it was the idea that it was a it was like an origin story mixed with a continuation of a story that we kind of already know. And so I felt like maybe they just didn't really handle the balance too well of under of like helping us understand where Natasha Romanoff comes from and kind of where she's going. And so I don't know. Because it made it, they almost hyped it up as if it was going to be sort of like an origin story because she was never able to like get one. But then it was like not at all an origin story because it's already after everything has already happened with Civil War. So it's just like, okay, I don't really know what's going on. Like you're throwing in flashbacks to try to make it an origin story, but it's really not. I think I would have almost preferred if they had just not made the origin story aspect of it. I I don't know. It's hard to explain. And I I brought this up to you, too, when I went and saw it, and um, you hadn't seen it yet. Of just, like, the advertising materials advertise this as, like, Natasha's trying to wipe the red off her ledger. And you think it's because, like, of all the innocent people she had murked and, you know, like, the political leaders and, like, nations she had helped to stabilize. But no, it's, like, one little kid of a guy she hates is, like, the only red on her ledger she cares about. And I thought that was, like, talk about anticlimactic. That was anticlimactic. Especially because it turns out that the one person's not even dead. (laughs) Yeah. And, like, that one person should have been the main antagonist and wasn't. And they wasted the Taskmaster. Oh, my gosh. I was... Absolute waste of a character. (sighs) Yeah, that was... That was rough. That was rough. Yeah. They wasted Taskmaster and they wasted Killmonger. And those are two pretty cool antagonists. And it's like, with Killmonger, I feel like they wasted Taskmaster even more than they wasted Killmonger. Because they sort of set up why Taskma- or uh, why Killmonger has this like rivalry with T'Challa. And they really didn't set up Taskmaster super well. All of a sudden, Taskmaster's there. And you don't find out until the very end that... He's like, well, you don't find out until the very end that he is a she, and you don't find out that <laughs> that it it's like, I don't know. 
I, I know what you mean. She's she's brainwashed. So it's not even like Yeah. It, it's not even like she has this hatred. Her father has this hatred and brainwashes her with this hatred and it's just like okay. Yeah. So the the whole brainwashing thing kind of makes you feel less sorry about like all the black widows. Of it's not like people who have quote-unquote found the light versus those who are misguided it's people who have broken out of the programming and people who are still in the programming and like they they could have gone in like a psychological thriller era area but no it's like oh we have this random gas that will undo the neurological lock that you know did and the dumbest thing about like all of that was like how easy it was for like natasha to break the pheromone lock by clipping the nerve or whatever and she just bangs her head on a table like once yeah one bang and like she's never hurt her head before like the like now is the time that the nervous severed out it was just all of the whole psychological aspect of it was dumb which is why i'm so disappointed in this as a spy thriller is because spy thrillers are about the tech you know like Mission Impossible and James Bond. It's all about these crazy tech gadgets they can come up with to help them do right. their their spy things. And this, it's like the it's literally like how it should have. fine. Yeah, but I was I was thinking it's like how it should have ended Black Widow, where everyone's destroying something and you see her going pew pew pew, like that's <laughs> literally like the technology. Yeah, and it's like. Hey, this thing floats in the skies and and is invisible. That's not new tech. Like we've like that's a helicarrier. Like it's not like that interesting. Yeah. And like I said, it was it was too much of an origin story without it being enough of an origin story. So like things just didn't make sense and it's just like, "Oh, well that's convenient." So it's like, "Oh, she can't she can't beat him up." And it's like, well, why not? And then it's like, oh, he uses pheromones and you can't hurt him. And it's like, oh, well, that's convenient. That would have been cool to know, like, before the last 15 minutes of the movie. Or, like, you don't know anything about this gas. Like, you know virtually nothing about the Black Widows. Like, you don't know that there's this little code that's, like, programmed into them. It's like... One of so whatever her name is Elena that was her name right the sister the mom or the sister I can't remember sister? which one's which I I thought this mom was maybe I don't know one of them is named that yeah some some Russian some generic Russian girl name yeah um, okay the mom and, is Melina okay so what's the girl the sister Elena okay with a Y so. You see her get gassed at, like, the beginning of the movie. And it really doesn't explain what the gas is, what it's doing, why they're after the gas, why the girl even has the gas, how that girl found out about gas and broke her own code. Like, you know nothing. And you're just like, what is happening? And it just, a lot of it just didn't really make a whole lot of sense. It felt like I got thrown into the middle of, a, of an arc. Because I kind of was. <laughs> so. Yeah, it just. It was confusing. 
But, I mean, I enjoyed it. It was entertaining. You know me. As long as I'm entertained, I don't really complain too much. I just felt kind of lost. Yeah. The, I, th- I would say that the... I don't know, maybe the thing, in- interesting thing about it was the little bit of a twist at the end where you find out Helena and... Uh, Natasha, like, switched places. Oh, yeah. Uh, that was, that was a, that, it got me, you know. I didn't see that coming, I'll be honest. I didn't realize that yeah. that was what would happen. But I would have liked to have seen more stuff like that in, like, a spy kind of movie. But. Okay. We're trying to make this a bit quicker here, but let's go to Ted Lasso. Okay. Have we talked, did we talk about Ted Lasso? I think maybe we talked about an an episode on the podcast or two episodes. Maybe. But, I mean, we might have just talked to each other about it and not had time to record. But we watched Ted Lasso season two. This time, Hannah was along for the ride. She ended up really liking it. And as a whole, I thought the season was... Once again, it was it was good. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like the first season. I think the first season was more... Just, just did a better job of linear storytelling. And this was more like... I don't even know what to call it. Assorted. Like they, like, or curated storytelling. Like they just told a bunch of different stories that maybe came together in the end, maybe not. I'd agree. And, like, it was still good, and I like the character development at the end. Uh, uh, yeah, I liked it, you know. It, But it, yeah, it was just, it was just fine. Like I would watch a season three but they need to do more linear. And I talked to you about this, the way that they wrote for this, this season. And I don't know if they wrote this way for season one, but they had a bunch of like ideas and scripts drawn up and they like had them out on a table and they could only choose 10. But then like, like season one was popular. So Apple was like, why don't you add two more? And they were like, okay, we can pick two more from this stuff we have. Don't have. And they added the Christmas episode and the uh, Beard's Not Out. Those are the mm-hmm. two that they added. And you can tell because those are just the most, like, random ones. Yeah. You know, like, like, one is just about Higgins spending Christmas with his family and the players coming over. And... Uh, Ted and Rebecca going out and giving out gifts. Like, has nothing to do with the rest of the season pretty much at all. I don't remember Beard and Nate being in it. I remember Roy and Keeley being in it. I don't remember what for. Oh, yeah, because they're going around trying to uh, get a doctor. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah they I need forgot. a dentist. Yeah. But... So you don't see, like, 
some other characters. And it, it's just nothing Nothing has to do with anything. And then Beards Night Out, the most polarizing episode by far. Um, was just so bonkers. It was just bonkers enough that I liked it. <laughs> yeah. I didn't dislike it. I felt lost. You know, like, I'm sitting here, and at first things made sense, because we see Beard walk away from Ted after their loss. Mm-hmm. And you see the the conflict between Beard and Jamie's father. And so there's a little bit that's been set up for this episode, but for the most part, you're just like, what is happening? Like, they they try to get into this bar thing, and you don't really know why they're trying to get into the bar, apart from the fact that it's, like, the cool bar to get into. And so they, like, devise this plot well, to get into the bar. Well, May May's bar closed down, and they didn't want the night to end. Right, but, like... And so they're, they're like, where else do we go? And the one guy was like, why don't we go to this place? They're like, oh, you can't go to that place. And Beard just kind of steps up and is like, and just with reckless abandon, is like, don't tell me what you can't do. And he goes and does it. Right. So I I think it's more like fun than it is. Yeah. Being lost. But still kind of just like a little out of place, I guess. I don't know. In my mind, that's the way it panned out. And I don't know. I. I didn't dislike the episode, but I did feel I wasn't too sure what all was going on. The whole thing with the girl and his or her uh, her like husband, boyfriend, something like that. That was kind of strange to me. The whole pants thing. Yeah, Yeah, the pants thing. It's all very bizarre. Yeah. I thought it was funny, at least, though. Yeah, it was a funny episode. There was there was some good parts about the episode, and there was some pretty good humor in it. But for the most part, I was just like, I don't really know what's going on. Which, maybe that's the point. But. Yeah, imagine Hannah and I's bedtime is like 9.30 nowadays. So imagine Hannah and I, like, dead tired, up at 10.30, trying to watch this episode. And, like, my brain is already half in dream mode, and I'm like, I can't remember what I imagined and like what, like what was a dream and like what was real. Like I felt like I was tripping, bro, watching this episode. Yeah. Yeah, I can understand why you would feel that way. I had to but, like stop and explain to Hannah like what the whole like neon cross thing was. And like, I don't know, I think she was like hallucinating. She's like, what is that place? I was like, remember, you got the text that she was at a club in a church with a neon cross. And she was like, but where's the club? And it was just like a hard, like he's hula hooping. And she's like, where's the club? And I'm like, oh, my gosh, Like, you need to go to bed. Yeah. But I enjoyed the whole season. But I agree yeah. with, with what you were saying about the linear thing. Um, it seemed like they had... Maybe it's just because they developed the characters so well in the first season 
that they were like, let's really work on developing the characters in season two. And it's almost like they were trying to develop the characters too much. Like, you have the Roy and Keeley thing, and that's its own development. You have Ted and the Doctor, and that's kind of a development. Then you have, like, Mate as his own kind of development. You have Jamie as his own development. Then you have Jamie and Keeley as their own development. And then you have, and it's like... Yeah, you got you got Sam, and you got... Uh, Rebecca. Rebecca. What's the what's the captain's name? The captain. Uh, McAdoo. Oh yeah. Yeah, you had a little bit of him, and it just yeah. it seemed like, like they were focusing too much on character development. That it was like, okay, yeah, you're having to like keep up and keep track with what all's going on, rather than it just flowing really well, like naturally. Yeah. And that, and that's another thing is like yeah like it wasn't linear. It's like character development is good, and I want that. But it was like this week we're gonna make Nate assertive, and then the next week we're gonna have Rebecca's family's funeral, and then the week after that, Sam is gonna have to decide whether he wants to play in Casablanca or stay in England, and then the week after that, we're gonna have. Nate again, and it's like instead of like having bits and pieces in each episode, like the only people who had bits and pieces were uh, Ted and the Doctor. I can't remember, can't believe I'm blinking on her name, and then Roy and Keeley. Those the only two that were like consistent through the season. Yeah, yeah, it felt like a I wish sporadic. I wish they would have, like, dialed back and not done so much with, like, so many of these other characters, like Sam. And I guess you had to, you had to do Jamie, but, like, uh, what's his name? The captain. And then, like, focused on, like, hey, Roy and Keeley and Ted and the Doctor and all of his stuff. And Nate, you had to do Nate, you know. Yeah. And like leave it at that. <laughs> you you don't need any more, you know? Yeah. Like everyone thinks like everyone needs to have all this stuff. And it's sort of like what I dislike about the Ru- Russo brothers directing Marvel movies so much. It's like their philosophy is everyone goes to the movie to see their favorite character have a moment to, to shine. And we try and do that. It's like, okay, well, I don't. I don't care about your character. I, you know, I want to see my characters. Yeah. And so you go there and you're like, I want to see my... The characters that need to be seen, but they're like, we need to make sure everyone is representative. And that gets into some broader, <laughs> broader cultural issues that I'm not going to get into because it's not a political podcast. But let's just say it did not make the season better. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I see what you're talking about. Yeah. It was just... Like I said, for the most part, I really enjoyed it. But at times, it felt like there was just so much going on. And you're like, why is this happening? Like, what? what's his name? Is it Rupert? 
the uh, uh-huh. Rebecca's ex-husband, uh-huh. like him showing up at the funeral with his like new baby or whatever, and I was like, why? And I guess it sort of sets up the. It, I don't yeah. know. As soon as soon as I saw him whispering in Nate's ear, because Nate had already expressed to. Keely at this point about how much he wants to be the boss, how he thinks about being the boss. And you know, Keely gets her moment too, right? She gets to go start her own firm, gets to be her own boss. Yeah. As soon as, and I'm pretty sure that's like the same, that's not the same episode, maybe it was like the episode before this happens. And then here, you see Rupert whispering in his ear. Mm-hmm. And you're you're already like, oh my gosh. He's trying to turn Nate against Ted. Which works, but yeah. But it's like that. It's just like it does set it up. It doesn't make much sense because he really only goes to whisper something in Nate's ear, yeah, and get on get make Rebecca annoyed and tell her that he gave he's giving the shares back. Yeah, but it was just like it's. It also still didn't really make a whole lot of sense to me because it's like. How did Rupert know that Nate wanted to be his own boss? Like, well, I I'm not sure that he knew it, but there's just the whole social media thing he couldn't ignore of like Nate the Great. Um, uh, I guess, and, and he just sees Nate as like, hey, this guy is football smart. He should be a manager. You you could tell at that point he had already decided to buy West Ham. He buys West Ham, right? Is it West Something Ham? like that. Yeah, sure. Yeah. He buys West Ham, and yeah, he this is in the works when he tells Nate. I don't know what he tells him other than like, you know, either hey, you should be a manager. You should be the manager, not Ted. You, you know, maybe it was, hey, I think you're manager material and I want you to join my team or like I don't I don't know what he told him but something turns him against or maybe he says something and just echoes like what Nate says in the final episode of like Ted wouldn't win a you know a single match without you there yeah I don't know the only thing I know for a fact about Nate he did not age well in season two. Yeah, dude, I don't know what happened with the hair. <laughs> that Poor was kind of crazy. I was like, oh my goodness. In one season of a TV show, his age, his, his hair grayed more than somebody during their presidency. <laughs> and that's insane. Hey, M- I guess managing a uh, champion league... Football club is quite the ordeal. Yeah. I'm trying to grab my charger and it made a lot of noise. Okay. But all in all, good season. I'm excited to see... Because they got promoted, obviously. Yeah. And so you're going to see Nate and Ted face off. Yeah. And I have a feeling... I just I just have that feeling that like Nate's gonna be very vindictive about it. And 
Ted's going to be very understanding, like, hey, you know, our guys gave a good game today. Like, when they, I think, I think ultimately West Ham will, would win at first. Can you imagine, like, West Ham wins and, like, Nate's very vindictive and Ted, you know, is, you know, very apologetic and whatnot. And then all of a sudden, like, they have to play each other at, like, the end of the season again. And once again, Richmond is, like, one win away from promoting. And, like, Nate just, like, goes nuts. And that's the reason they lose is because he, like is so egotistical or, you know, something like that. Like, that's that's in my mind, my headcanon of what's going to happen. I hate the term headcanon, but I just used it. Yeah, <coughs> I'm not too sure where it's going to go. Um, I don't know. It could go a lot of different ways, I feel like. Like... Part of me is thinking, like, maybe it's going to set up some kind of redemption arc for uh, for Nate. But I don't know, because really thus far, the show really hasn't had, like, an antagonist. So maybe this is, like, strictly setting up Nate as being the antagonist because we all wanted him not to be. Because he yeah. was, like, he was just, like, the sweet guy at the in the first season, you know. Like, he was picked on, he was made fun of. And then it turns out that he's actually really good. You know, he's a good guy. He knows about soccer. And, like, he's, like, super helpful. So maybe it's, like, just to set him up as the, like, the main antagonist. Because so far, really, the only somewhat antagonist has been technically Rebecca, who's now, like, no longer the antagonist. So then it was, like, sort of Rupert, but kind of not. So... But I I think ultimately you'll learn the lesson that they kind of need each other and they, you know, they work well together and they can't really, they have things about each other that the other needs. Because mm-hmm. like, yeah, Nate can be assertive and yell at people and curse people out, but that's not team building. That's, that's being a, a you know, a jerk. A jerk. And that. And that coach and that works for some coaches who just like scream at their players and players, you know, ended up maybe end up responding. I would say like uh there's a local high school where their coach is like one of those screamers that just like yells at their coaches, like the kids. And the like, kids are like, Yeah, you just kinda tone it out after a while, it doesn't really mean anything. But the kid like it's still he's still a good coach. They you know, go far into the state basketball tournament every season. And there's that, but like at some point, like, you need someone to step in and team build and have someone right. you can respect and, you know, not create a mutiny. I think Ted right. is Ted is that guy who holds a team together through thick and thin, you know. If you're just screaming and halfway through a season you're going, like, a losing streak, you're going to fall on deaf ears. Right. Because you obviously have no idea what you're talking about because they're losing. So it's one of those things where, like, they both have things the other team needs, the other person needs, and who knows? Maybe they'll realize that. Yeah. Okay. We're at an hour. You want to talk about some Squid Game? Let's do it. I liked Squid Game. 
it was watchable, bingeable, not very long, um, left you on a cliffhanger, had some emotion, had some bloodiness, had some shock value. Yeah. So it had a bit of everything, but there, it left you with some questions of like, man, what is, where is this going to go? Yeah. Yeah, I think the entire show was just very well done. Um, just like some of the some of the ways that they set stuff up, I was like, I, I, I didn't see a lot of it coming. You know, like, I knew that the games were going to be deadly because I read the little summary on the... Uh-huh. Uh, you know, on Netflix's little, like, about this kind of portion. So I knew that there were, like, deadly consequences. <laughs> but, um, I don't know how bad, how bad you can hear that, but the heater just kicked on, and I'm, like, right next to the heater. Oh. Can you hear I that? can hear it a little bit, yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so I, I thought there was a good amount of, like, just kind of not... I think they set it up well. Like, as far as, like, the death stuff goes, I wasn't surprised. But as far as how they made some of that stuff happen and some of the twists of it, I was like, that's... I did not see that coming. Like, when they were like, you guys need to team up, and then and the your team, teammate and the ended up... Two. Yeah, and then your teammate ended up being your opponent. I was like, I did not see that coming. Because they kind of... They 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 do a great job of framing it as you're going to be the teammate because everybody's trying to pick somebody that they know is going to be reliable. They're picking somebody that they can trust, you know, and like even the main character feels really bad about the uh, the old man because you know the old man's like nobody's going to want to be with me, you know. Hide, hide this because it's going to make you look weak. You know, try to try to appeal to the other people. You know, kind of like, I'm old, and so whatever happens, happens to me. But, you know, I'll help you try to do well. And then in a gesture of kindness to the old man, he's like, you can be my partner. Like, do you want to be my partner? And, and the old man ends up sacrificing himself. Yeah. Maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you think he sacrifices himself. But, yeah, I think, I just think that a lot of it was so good. Like, just to watch so many friendships be built and see, and I think the actors did a really good job of showing their their emotional side behind everything. Like, you could see how distraught people were when they realized that their teammate was actually their opponent, especially, like, the husband and wife. Because it's not necessarily, like, you wouldn't expect somebody in that kind of a situation to, like, just bawl and cry and be so upset. Like, you would expect it to just be, like, a shock light to their face. And so I just think that they, they did such a great job with the acting 
the only portion of the acting that I really just cringed at and despised was the VIPs. Yeah, and I told you this. This is not a political podcast. But uh, the writer, I guess, said that that the one main VIP is like based on is apparently based on what he thinks Trump is like. Yeah. But for me, it's not even just that. It's just like the way that they acted was terrible. Like their acting was bad. And I'll, and I'll say this. Their dialogue, it felt like it was written by someone who put... Korean words into like Google Translate and and like they they just spoke ways like Americans wouldn't speak they used words that are not like in the common vernacular and then even then they yeah like they had on the mask and they'd be staring out the window like when they're watching Squid Game and they keep like talking and asking what's going on. Like their voice is very flat. They aren't expressive. It's it boggles the mind as to like like the Korean actors are great, but I guess maybe there's like that culture language gap between the Korean writers and directors and actors and Korean writers and directors and American actors. So I, yeah, I can see where you're coming from with that. I don't know. So to me, so I watch a lot of anime. And so to me, what it felt like was the, it was almost like the actors of the VIPs. It was almost like they were doing like a voiceover, like an English voiceover of like an anime where people either aren't being very expressive or they're being overly expressive. And it's like, but most of these people, like they speak English, like the, the, the people who are the English people, like they speak English and it just, it felt like they were, it almost felt like they were overacting. Like, like the acting so especially like the emphasis on like 69 and like the sexual jokes, everything was just like so forced, you know, like it felt like a lot of the laughs were not genuine at all. It was like, it was how I would, it's like, if you ever watch some anime and you watch it in English, the laughing is very similar where it's just such a forced laugh. It's not really genuine. And it's like, it's like an over the top kind of acted laugh. And it was, it felt like that pretty much the whole time. I don't know. It was just the way that they were going back and forth with each other, which was all in English. And most of them were English speakers. I was just like, oh, this is cringy. It was like, it was like watching a anime, but it wasn't anime. So I'm like, why are you talking like that? Like, Because it was like, it would be stuff like, you know, 
well, I was going for player 68, or I was going for player 69, but now I'll just go for player 96 because player 69 is an idiot. And everybody's like, well, why would you go for 96? And he's like, because it's so similar. And then they're like, oh, you're so funny. And I'm like, oh, gosh, this is horrible. Like, why why, why are you talking like this? <laughs> like, just talk like a normal person. Because, like, you guys are English speakers. Like, and you're not voicing over anything. Like, you're literally acting with each other. But, it, and maybe it's just because everybody else in the show was just such a great actor. Like, all of the players were just such good actors, in my opinion. Like, I, I just think they did a fantastic job with the roles they were given. That, like, when the VIPs came in, I think I was telling you about it. It almost felt like they blew their budget on really, really, really solid Korean actors. And were like, oh, dang. We need some English-speaking actors. And we only have $10,000. <laughs> <laughs> like that's almost what it kind of felt like. And so they were like, well, who can we get? And let's just throw them in a mask so that nobody realizes that they're not popular. Like that's almost what it kind of felt like to me. All right. Well, my phone's almost dead. So let's, I'll try and hurry this up. Um, I I think just from like start from beginning to ending, they do a really good job of like expressing motivation for like all these players for playing the game, leaving the game, needing to come back to the game. Um and you know even even I think a bit like they did well with and it see it felt kind of forced, but like the more I think about it, the more I like get it. It's like Song Wu of just like his turn and then his turn back kind of it it's not like a he doesn't have like a redemption arc but he makes like one final atoning act almost yeah that kind of redeem helps kind of helps redeem himself maybe in his eyes <clears throat> it, so it's like that's all i really want like the the gore and blood and stuff is great but it's those character interactions character motivations and all that stuff right. that's like I want I want to see that. That makes the other stuff better. Yeah. And that's kind of what we were complaining just complaining about in like Ted Lasso is like you get so much stuff from so many different people that when like the very serious stuff happens, like Ted has that other panic attack and you know, he needs to go see Dr. Fieldstone. I just, is it Dr. Fieldstone, Sharon? I don't know. Sharon. Sharon. It is yeah. It is Sharon. I don't know how, how that just popped into my mind. When he goes and sees her, it's like um, it's like kind of cheapened. Like she wrecks her bike and Ted goes to see if she's okay. Like it it, it doesn't make that as expans- as expressive as maybe it should be. But like when the old guy, quote unquote, dies, like you, f- you feel that because they've set up like the importance of this old guy on the team. Yeah, you told me you were tearing up. I I don't know. Maybe like my eyes watered a little bit, but I wasn't like I was. I didn't cry. I was more upset about Ali, to be honest. 
really? the old guy. I mean, I felt really terrible for the old guy, but um, the old guy sacrificed himself, and that's beautiful. But, like, Ali was just, like, this naive, good guy who, who Songwoo literally betrayed. Yeah, but he, like, really trusted and thought that he had a real plan. Yeah, and you could tell, like, the plan made no sense. I don't know if that was, like, cultural, lingual, whatever, that he didn't understand, like, the plan made no sense. Or if he just trusted Song Wu enough. I think he just trusted Song Wu enough. Because if you really trusted somebody, it would kind of make sense, because the way that Song Wu set it up, he was like, well, you know, surely not everybody's going to finish on time. What are they going to do with all the people who don't finish on time? Like, they have to have a winner, so the teams are going to go against each other. He was like, so let's just buy our time until the time runs out and there's all these people left. And so I think it, I think it sort of made some sense, and maybe Ali was just like, maybe he just didn't want to kill his friend, and he didn't want to think about his friend killing him, and so he was just like willing to trust a plan, no matter how bad it seemed. I don't know, but, but yeah, I think the reason that the old man's death was so hard on me, and the reason I was so emotional, was because it was like, it was set up as like you know, his uh, dementia was really starting to kick in. And so he, like, wasn't remembering. And so it was like this guy was betraying him and lying to him and tricking him into losing so that he could continue to live and continue to play. And the old man is like... The old man, like, calls him out on it and basically lets him know, like, I've known the whole time but I'm still willing to sacrifice myself for you. Yeah. And at that point, what, I was just what, like... What is, what is the word he used? Like a gbanu or something like that? Um, I forget what the word is. But it's like your very best friend, someone you'll yes. share everything with, is how he describes it. Yes. And like before the Gonbu? game... I don't, I don't know. Something like that. But like before the game, he's like, that's you for me. Like, you are mine. Yeah. And then, like, as the game goes on, you realize, like, gosh, what's his name? I can't even remember his name. Which one? The main character's name. Sung, uh, not Sungwoo. It was, um, I don't remember, but anyway. <laughs> it's weird, because I can remember everyone else's name. Like, Doksu, Sebyok. Uh, yeah. what's her name? The crazy chick. I can't remember her name. Here, I'm pulling it up. Um. But it, it's like I can remember all of theirs, but I can't remember his. But like. Gihun. Gihun? Yeah. Yeah, Gihun. Song Gihun. So it's like, uh. It is just kind of beautiful, this idea of friendship. And it's kind of cheapened that the guy doesn't die, which is my fault. My problem with the ending is, like, it cheapens the sacrifice that made me emotional. Um, That's All fair. for, like, some kind of dumb political take about how... I don't even know. It, it was dumb. But it's... Like I like even after the games are over and Gyun gets his money 
He like doesn't spend it. He's living in abject poverty. The bank calls him in because he's not spending his money, and they want to like try and get him to invest it. And he's like, "No thanks." But uh, something happens. Something turns around in his life. I don't even remember what it is. But you know, he goes and gets uh, Sebiok's brother. Gives him to Songwoo's mom because you know she needs a new son now. Rip. Yeah. And then he sees this guy playing that game. Yeah. And he, he goes and tries to stop him. And it's like, don't call this, don't call this number. Don't go there. You'll regret it. And right. it, that's, that, this is the thing that like makes me so curious. It's like, he's going to America to see his daughter. He's dressed in like this nice suit. And like, so you see he's spending his money because he has this nice suit, nice luggage and all this stuff. So like, what, what is he going to do? What does he think he's going to do? To like put it put an end to this, yeah. And what is it? Because you know he did the games. You thought maybe for like his daughter. Like that was part of the reason. Also, another reason was his mom, but like his daughter. But it's like, what is he going to do now? So I'm intrigued yeah. to see. But it, it's like one of those things where like, I don't want it to be like the Hunger Games, where like, the Hunger Games are. You, you know, it was a interesting I, concept in a way. But then, like, the second book, they just do the Hunger Games again. And the third book is just, like, her hiding out in some bushes to stop the Hunger Games. I don't know. Have you read the Hunger Games books? No, I've not read them. The third book is not. It's not very good. It's, like, she, like, montages through their raid on the Capitol. It's hmm. not good. But it... I have a feeling, I have a bad feeling that it might end up being that of like, it's not going to be about the game and the emotion anymore. It's going to be like a, a th- almost like a thriller instead of like a horror. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to, I would say I'm probably hooked though. I think I'm going to. Yeah watch and follow along no matter where which direction it goes well i mean if it goes in a good direction i'll watch and follow along if it goes in a bad direction i'll not watch and follow along it would depend on how bad of a direction it goes if it goes what if direction i'm out if it goes what if If direction i'm out if it goes ted lasso (laughs) i'm in yeah okay that's fair yeah all right well my phone's about to die so i'll just sign off now and say Thank you guys for listening. We had a yeah. nice conversation about some stuff. We could have talked longer, but I got stuff I got to do. I got to work in an hour, and I got to clean and pack. Because we're leaving, recording this on Friday. We're leaving Sunday for this vacation. And I work all day tomorrow. So I got to get some, some stuff done. But thank you guys all for listening. There'll be an episode coming in a couple of weeks. I promise. It'll get recorded and uploaded about all the stuff we've been watching. So stay tuned, and I hope you guys all come back. Peace out, everybody. Bye.